All right. It is that time. Football at four brought to you. This hour course here brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED-757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. I-N-J-U-R-E-D. All right. The um, world of uh, of contracts in the NFL. A lot of folks are wondering what in the world would Jim Harbaugh get. And it's not as much as I thought it would be. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a five-year deal for Jim Harbaugh at $16 million a year. That puts him at $80 million. Now, for the Chargers and the Spanos family, that's pretty significant because they have to pay the bill. But I kind of thought he might get a little bit closer to that Sean Payton money or not Belichick money at 20 mil, but maybe in that middle middle ground, like an 18-ish per year deal. But 16 a year, uh, certainly more than whatever Michigan could have come up with, um, you know, with Adam Schefter and all of those guys, you know, going out and doing a bake sale. Uh, to keep him there probably would have you know still been well short by five or six million but hey cost of living in LA is a lot more expensive than it is in Ann Arbor I'll tell you that right now hopefully get a housing allowance and some uh, you know some moving uh, costs covered here too but 18 mil a year for uh, one Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach of the San Diego or LA Chargers I'm actually San Diego still yeah I'm really surprised that it wasn't 18 or, or even higher than that yeah very surprised yeah he should he should really quit before he starts now no. <laughs> now still look eight, 16 mil a year i mean we've come a long way coaching right like so oh, here's yeah. a guy who's um you know you know here's a guy who's doing okay for his you know first nfl job in what a decade right like when he left uh the the, the 49ers and again he's got the quarterback i mean that's that's the biggest part of all this stuff right he's got the uh he's got the qb in place which a lot, with many of these other gigs, that's that's not the situation. So, and he's got a front office guy, Joe Ortiz, that he's working with. So, they they set it up nicely. I get I get the Rams. I mean the um the Chargers a lot of credit for the way they've set up Jim Harbaugh. Um, and it you know they went they did a lot of searching. They blew both the coach and the GM out at the same time, and to end up with with the I think clearly the best coach available. I mean I don't think there's any question about that. He's the best best coach available uh that is you know guy that's just going to be your coach and not ask for power complete power and all this other stuff they they found the best guy i believe i mean nothing against belichick but again belichick the meddler as the front office guy age all that stuff included i I would have said harbaugh would have been the number one number one guy yeah because he actually was willing and almost wanted to work with somebody in a front office because that's what he's used to and you just see that kind of structure work out so much better in today's NFL, I don't know why anybody would kind of go back to the coach-centric way that Belichick wants. Well, and again, Belichick's been so bad at it, right? Yeah. Like, it could be different if he was good at it. I mean, okay, you, you want to shop for the groceries and actually pick the right ones, not the ones that are rotten on the shelves before you even get to put them in the meal. I mean, that's been his problem. Now, again, he's probably still going to be a guy who next season, just by hanging out, is going to be the top candidate. I mean, you know, because some of these teams are going to look at their windows getting shut, and not everybody's going to be able to make it, right? Not everybody is going to be able to make it. Um, that means either, you know, either Dallas and Philadelphia both can't be in the Super Bowl, nope. right? So nope. somebody's going to be able to, to chase him down if they want him. And, of course, the Giants as well. I, I still think that that's the one you can't overlook here. Now they got a further way to go. That might not be so appealing to Bill because, you know, he don't have as much time as some of these other guys do at, at this point in his career. Uh, 757-687-9494 and also um, hit us up via the uh, 
text line at that same number. Of course, it's a Valley Hughes phone line uh, via the X at Jackson Sports. My man Gutley says the Ratbirds, that's what he calls the Ravens, which wow. is kind of funny. Uh, moving their DBs coach to D.C. instead of the highly regarded we there either means he is the head coach of the commanders or the hype is BS. <laughs> that's what has me a little concerned about Weaver. Right, or he's not a defensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Maybe he's just, again, a leader. You know, what, like what was Dan Quinn? He was never a coordinator. Andy Reid never was a coordinator. I don't know if people are aware of that. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. Yep. I mean, there, there's a lot of that actually more you think around it. Not everybody does it that way anymore. Right. But more likely than not, you know, these days you come from the coordinator ranks. It's not guys that are position coaches or whatever, but there are coordinators that also have that that title of coordinator. that don't call plays that have been, you know, have also been elevated to head coaching jobs. True. So it's not like everybody has to be, oh, yeah, he's a definite play call or he calls the defense, calls the offense. And he's the guy that, that gets elevated all the time. But that is interesting about Weaver. And he did go, and he is obviously interested in being a DC because he did actually go down to Miami and interview for that job too. Yeah, that was a little weird. Sure. So that's that's the other thing that I kind of find fascinating about this stuff. And again, at the time he went and did that, maybe he thought the Commanders were going to go Mike McDonald and obviously Ben Johnson because those were still available candidates. So. Anyway, 757-687-9494. And again, a lot of people think the commander should just pivot and go to Vrabel. I just don't know, again, if that is something they already haven't already. I would have to think they've investigated the idea of that, either internally or via his agent, you know, and just to get a feel for what he's looking for and why he has not been picked up yet. It's just weird because that Josh Harris press conference where he said, you know, you leave, you leave room for talent, yes, right? right? And we all just assumed that that was Bill Belichick. Well, are we not kind of saying that? Do we not view Mike Vrabel that way? Because I kind of, I kind of do, not to the same level of yeah. Bill Belichick. But there's talent there, and if you're going to leave, if you're going to tell me you're kind of leaving the door open, then the door should maybe still be open if you didn't get your guy. Yeah, I mean, you know what, again, just like Quinn, there's some form of a baseline of knowing what the guy looks like as the head guy on the sideline, whereas these other guys, you're just guessing and you're hoping, right, and praying that it works out. I would be with you there. But again, maybe, you know, again, he's got a good file on him. Peters does with Rand Carthen. And and again, maybe Vrabel's willing, like Belichick, to just sit it out until he gets exactly what he wants out of a job. And, you know, forget it. He's not going to just change his, you know, change his fundamentals yeah, of what true. he's looking for um <laughs> somebody suggested that we hire one of the eagles former coordinators that they fired oh <laughs> uh, uh. no 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 thanks don't need to do that uh 757-687-9494 maybe just wait it out till sirianni's available mid-season oh gosh um maybe maybe that's what you do oh uh, boy why not uh, Deion Sanders? He's getting ready to, to get in trouble at college. He, he coaches it so he can take off and avoid any fines. <laughs> yeah, Coach Prime. I don't see that happening. No, we did you. the Coach Prime thing before as a player. That wasn't that wasn't a real success either. Yeah, no thank you. No thanks. Coach Prime, no. Uh, I don't think that's happening. And again, I think he's smart enough. Though. How about Lincoln Riley from the 804 to the Commanders and draft <laughs> Caleb Williams, word man. Didn't we already have the worst defense last year? Yeah, our defense was bad enough last year. Lincoln Riley doesn't even know the defense exists. Right. I don't even think Lincoln Riley's long for USC. I don't know. At this point. And you're not gonna get you know, and you don't you don't have the you don't know if you're getting Caleb Williams, unless of course you're gonna just give up everything and move up. 
Uh, Ryan in Hampton says, how about Urban Meyer? Uh, <laughs> snatch him out of the bushes. <laughs> now for the Urban Meyer jokes. Uh, Dan Quinn was the DC for the Seahawks and they won the Super Bowl. That's very true. Thank you. And he was also the head coach of the Falcons who blew a 28-3 to lead to the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, though. But we do have the internet here. I appreciate you checking on me, though. Uh, Jason in Portsmouth um, says, um, just heard the next Jim Zorn. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, well, then, he goes, the Raiders officially hire Antonio Pearson? No. Yeah, they did. They did a while back. Yeah, that's a done deal. It's a done deal. I mean, I, you you really need to have the radio on more often, Jason. Yeah. I mean, he would have got a call, I would think. Yeah, been if done If he was still out there, I think he'd have got a well, call. Well, he interviewed at some other places. Yeah. I mean, he interviewed some other places. Uh, Brian Chesapeake says, I think Rabel's waiting for the Ohio State job to open. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's been a hot theories. rumor. Conspiracy theories. I love it. That's been a hot rumor. Yeah, could be. There's no doubt. Yeah, that's the last thing you want to do is bring in a guy who's uh, got one foot on a co- eye on a college job at this point. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, Sanchez, my boy, Texan says, no thanks to Coach Prime. Y'all bugging. <laughs> it's not us, Sanchez. Not, <laughs> not us. me, man. Uh-uh. Not me. No thanks. Not me. Not me. Live that life one time too many already. No thank you. And that was when he was a player. Granted, not the player he really was, but when he was a player. All right, so Bill Belichick, again, doesn't appear to be in this cycle, but hey, I guess there's still time for uh, Josh Harris and Adam Peters to pivot here. But Apparently, the cycle for next season is already lining up for him. We'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. We're brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. 450, we'll talk to uh, ODU Athletic Director Wood Seelig. And at 5, we'll dive into a little What's Your Rank Wednesday, dealing with worst Super Bowl winning quarterbacks of all time. So that comes up uh, at five here on a What's Your Rank Wednesday. All right. So Bill Belichick appears unless, of course, the commanders change course. They And they got plenty of time right now. Uh, nobody else is on the clock. Is going to be a free agent going into next offseason as a head coach because uh, he has not been hired at this moment. Uh, and, you know, he may or may not be back uh, next year either. Who knows? He might get into TV, James, and love it so damn much that he'll never want to go back to, to – to, uh, to, to coaching we don't know could be um I, I love the idea i don't know who came up with it but I, it was fantastic and i'm not taking credit for it the kind of like the manning cast called coaches cast him and nick saban i would love that i mean seriously love that. how good would that be that would be fantastic i don't know if they would do it um you know i don't know if bill would have his dog with him if he did do it i think it'd be kind of funny they could do it from a boat yeah right from that pontoon boat of sabins that he loves so damn much uh, Philly apparently was very interested in Nick Saban, according to a report from uh, the Boston Sports Journal's Greg Bedard. It said that Philly was very interested in him um, prior to the end of year meeting with Nick Sirianni. And not only that, but they could still revisit it if Sirianni cannot revive the Eagles next season. Look, we, as we said before, he gets to hire two new coordinators. It will There will not be thirds. No. There will not be a third round of that unless, of course, they're winning a Super Bowl and guys are getting jobs. Um, anyway, so Belichick in the, on the Eagles radar could be on the front line, according to Bedard, sources have told him if things go poorly again for Sirianni next year, um, because the longtime relationship apparently between Belichick and Howie Roseman, 
who have a well-documented history of trading with the Patriots. Bedard says he's convinced Philly was one of several teams reported to be eyeing Belichick despite having an existing coach in place. Um, it also jives the motion, a notion that um, Sirianni entered this offseason with a firm job security despite the uh, 34-17 uh, record uh, in his first three seasons. So, he, excuse me, does not have firm job security going into the season despite the 34-17 and uh, record and uh, three playoff appearances in his three seasons and a Super Bowl appearance. NBC's uh, Peter King recently put it, the team's instant coffee type of changeover with coordinators is simply not a good sign for staying power for Sirianni, who also replaces defensive play caller during the 2022 season. Uh, Sirianni, or excuse me, King also write that uh, there's no doubt that Sirianni is a good coach after the Eagles brass allowed him to bring back new coordinators two consecutive years, but doubt Sirianni would again get a third chance in a clean slate. So there you go. So that's what Greg Bedard's here in the Senior Bowl. There was also an interesting little Senior Bowl rumor um, about, um, well, not in the Senior Bowl rumor, but there was also a story, I don't know if this came out of the Senior Bowl or not, that um, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, um, were meeting people, yeah, this is again at the Senior Bowl, said that he is 100% supportive of Mike McCarthy, despite the team you know, coming off of a uh, one-and-done playoff run, second time in the last three years. He's also 100% open to pursuing Belichick <laughs> as a future replacement, uh. according to this Yahoo Sports report. Asked about his staff at the Senior Bowl this week, Jones initially downplayed any notion that he sought to replace McCarthy, telling reporters he didn't talk to anybody that is a head coaching candidate other than my own. When asked generally about his respect for Belichick, however, Jones pivoted unprompted into a statement of their compatibility. Jones said, according to Yahoo, I know him personally and I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None, none. <laughs> Man just can't help himself. He can really he? can't. Like, let's, you know, let's make it even harder on good old Mac. Coach Mac. So, yeah, there you go. So, again, the, the NFC East circling Bill Belichick prior to the season. Feeling much better about my hot take Tuesday thing from yesterday. No doubt. <laughs> Oh, boy. That's wild. Thanks, Jera. That's wild. Uh, I don't know, man. Again, he might not have any doubt about it. I'd love to do Belichick's response to that. Oh, I'm all here for that happening. No, I, would, I, would, I would love to yeah. see how that would play out. Because he would lock him in a closet at some point. I mean, he would just be like, stop it. You know what I mean? Here you go. We're going to lock you in the closet and uh, not going to let you come back. So forget about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely forget about it. There's no way. But, you know, again, just go ahead and go there. Give it oxygen if you do. You know, why not? Give it some oxygen. Please do. Oh, man. That's absolutely crazy. 757 uh, Again, the text line and also the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. You can hit us up there as well. No doubt in my mind we could work together, says Jerry Jones about okay. Bill Belichick. More importantly, can you work with your current guy? Who you have under contract for one more season. Uh-huh. One more season. Wasn't too uh, chatty about an extension there either, by the way. No, was not chatty about that. Did not talk about any beyond this season. He does have some Dak Prescott stuff I'll save for the uh, next segment, too. But as I've said before, if you if you told me there's three teams, it, well, maybe four now, and the NFC is looking for a coach next year at this rate. If there's three teams in the NFC East looking for a coach, all at the same time, 
I still think the Giants would be appealing to Bill Belichick, although they're not set up as well as the Eagles, needless to say. Now, are you telling me that this would be a Giants team with like a top five pick yeah. looking to get a quarterback? Is Maybe. that where you're headed? Yeah, I, I would think it would, it would probably be. If that, okay. If we're, yeah, I mean, if they're if they're looking for a coach, it would definitely be in that situation, right? That's really the only way you're talking about it. But I think the thing is, if he really does believe, if that's true, that somebody in Belichick's inner circle, whoever that would be, him and his dog and his and his girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, whoever talks for Belichick, by the way, I kind of have, I kind of like, I kind of have a hard time buying that in you, a sense. You'd get more out of the dog. You, you know, I mean, because there's never really been anyone that's had his thought process correctly predicted no. ever. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there is some Boston people that would disagree with me that there is somebody that is the Bill Belichick, you know, reporter that, that is 100% right or close to, you know, dead on when it comes think, to Belichick stuff I, I don't feel like no. he's one of these guys that is a he leaks to anybody particular uh-uh. you know cares to play that game uh but anyhow somehow some way somebody knows it maybe the guy who wrote all those patriot books that was <laughs> was in the room with the people in the room um that does v, that does uh, the gambling stuff now I can't think of his name I can see him uh maybe he's the guy that's said that anyway but that's interesting because certainly the, the Eagles are the best roster of of, well, those, yeah. of the possibilities of the three teams. Um, you would think if Dallas were looking for Belichick next year, that means they have had a terrible year and Dak's probably on his way out or or you know his contract's up. So you'd have money to spend, but you still have a tough cap. Uh, I would still say Philly's in a better spot, no matter how that scenario plays out Yeah, with, with Hurts. And again, if he thinks he could work with, if he trusts Roseman enough to work with him, okay. Probably game. trading A.J. Brown, though. Game on. If that happens. Well, because he doesn't like good receivers? <laughs> that and I, I don't know that that dynamic of attitude would work well together. Yeah, I, mean, just, I know he worked with Randy Moss, but right. well, it's when Tommy year, Boy was there. And then when he, it was time to pay him, he didn't want to work with him uh, anymore. No, he did not. Yeah, it's always interesting, right? Always interesting how that happens. You never... Um, it's like when it's time to pay people, it does not like them nearly as much as he did um, prior to paying them. Oh, he'll get somebody from Kennesaw State to replace him. It's fine. Yeah, no doubt. Now, this year would have been fascinating had um, – it would have been actually really de- depressing, I should say. Had Christian Gonzalez gotten to play out the season because then we'd have seen how much better he was, A, than you know Emmanuel Forbes, but B, you know how much better that would have made that defense, which was already pretty good. I mean, they had a pretty good yeah. defensive season. I don't think it would have saved this job necessarily because the offense was so horrific. But that um, that guy, uh, he was playing great football. He's playing really, really good football before his injury, and and that would you know kind of goes counter to all the oh he can't he completely doesn't know what he's doing in the draft anymore because he did hit that one. It's just the team in front of him that had no idea what yeah. they were doing in the draft potentially. And then there's that. Maybe there's still time for that. All right, so Jerry Jones did also talk about his quarterback, Dak Prescott. We'll uh, get to the headlines of that as well. I think that's kind of telling, too, uh, when you're talking about looking at next offseason, which is crazy. Uh, that we're, already, we're already thinking about those kind of things. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. So what's your rank Wednesday? We'll get to the all-time worst winning Super Bowl quarterbacks at the top of the hour. Wood Seelig will jump on board with us. Prior to that as well, uh, Old Dominion Athletic Director will join us. I want to talk about this NIL lawsuit in Virginia and Tennessee. I don't know what any of it means. A lot of legalese. I don't know what that means for the colleges, for the collectives, uh, what that means for the athletes. But uh, we'll try to 
sort through it with Wood when he joins us around 450. All right, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. James Witham, Scott, your sports center. That always makes me laugh for some reason. All right, back here on the uh, program. Uh, we'll talk to Wood Seeley again about 14 minutes from now. Uh, before we get to the all-in on uh, 2024 philosophy of Jerry Jones and how quarterback Dak Prescott fits into all that, let me uh, do this. Uh, caller number two right now, 757-687-9494 to, um, jo- to uh, jump in. We'll get the Australian Pink Floyd tickets, Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion pair of tickets. Show is on Friday, June 28th. Uh, in Portsmouth, Atlantic Union Banks. Caller number two, your tickets await you uh, at 757-687-9494. All right, Senior Bowl. Apparently, Jerry was holding court yesterday. Um, talking about Mike McCarthy. Um, even made that weird comment, as we mentioned in the last segment, about one Bill Belichick. And um, added again, I would anticipate with looking ahead at our key contracts that we'd like to address we will all be in. I would anticipate we will all be in at the end of this year. We will push the hell out of it. I'll be going all in on different people than you've done in the past. We'll be going all in. We've got some things out there, some players that we want to be all in on. And yes, I would say you will see us coming uh, this coming year. Not build for the future. It's the best way I've ever said it. That ought to answer a lot of questions (laughs) or or bring up a lot of questions uh, as well. Um, Jones apparently uh, really obviously um, desperate for that for the Lombardi as you would expect again he's always talking about the Lombardi at this point and why wouldn't he be for goodness sakes to be these amazing regular seasons and not to obviously uh, be able to get better in the postseason it's got to be driving him absolutely nuts um, again what does this leave Dak Prescott um, he says, Dak has done nothing to change my mind about any promise for the future. I think I've said that we will go as far as Dak will take us in the playoffs. Remember that. We'll go as far as Dak takes us. And that is how far we went. That doesn't change a thing. We'll go as far as Dak takes us. I think we can look at all three phases and see that we've got room for improvement. The thing that I would emphasize more than anything is that Dak has room for improvement, and that's not some scheme around him. Not just the scheme around him, but Dak can improve. That's a big plus when you've been playing this game for seven years. Dak's actually, I think, in year eight. But anyway, by the assessment, we have some room to get better. I expect him to do that again next year and the next year. So, yes, Dallas fans who are thinking, oh, no, next year is it. It's a one-and-done type of situation. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, no, he added the next year on that. Jerry did. Nobody asked him to. He says, we're right at a key spot with Dak. He's improved since uh, Mike has been here. And then we look forward to that improvement. There's more there in terms of Dak's improvement with Mike. The evidence points that way. With more time, we'll get more pluses on Dak. That impacts a lot of others that we're looking at right now and the decisions we're making. So this all makes sense to have McCarthy back. And uh, again, Jones continued about retaining McCarthy. says, this is... Not a talk yourself into it. It obviously gives you a lot of things to consider and think about. Everybody has options. There is uh, one, this is one I'm comfortable with. I felt during the year with the job Mike was doing, the team was responding well. We were all disappointed that we didn't win that Green Bay game. We had a vision a lot better than that. 
We all did, but there are things that uh, we can take forward. This is, again, all Jerry Jones from Senior Bowl over the last 24 hours. Sounds like he's all in on his coach and all in on his quarterback. So, you know, but he did mention he could certainly work with Bill Belichick if needed. If it ever came down to that. Just just so you're wondering. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. But, it's, again, talking about Prescott next year and the next year, saying, which is fascinating. Because, again, he's got this big contract number. They've got to really either tag some time on it or or just, um, you know, make it a one, you know, like a restructure it to, you know, make that cap figure smaller. Or, again, let him play through it, which is kind of insane because you usually don't do that, especially with a quarterback. Well, Jerry's kind of insane. Yeah, but, again – uh He's a guy who's got um, he's 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 got a lot of belief in Dak. He's got a lot of belief in him. Way more belief in Dak than McCarthy. Clearly, if he's willing to give him that vote of confidence, or, or the fan base for that matter. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, who, who's got Australian Pink Floyd tickets? By the that way, that would be James in Williamsburg. James in Williamsburg. Congrats. So we got James. We got James on board there. I don't know if James, the guy yesterday, said I needed those tickets. I don't know. Somebody in Texas very angry. We like, we've still got more. Don't okay. worry. Yeah, a couple more days. Uh, more great suggestions on the text line about the commander's coaching search seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Chip Kelly, head coach, Jay Gruden, the OC, and Matt Patricia, the DC. <laughs> I'm getting way too much Matt Patricia here. Yeah, and way too much Matt Patricia. That's not funny. Okay, Matt Patricia is not funny. Gruden, I'll laugh at. I Patricia, I'm not laughing at. I'm already scared enough here. Right, Greg and Gloucester. Oh my God, I'm sick of the Chiefs. Rather have the Patriots and Brady in it again. All these commercials, the league's best blunder bundler ever. Oh my God. <laughs> Go Niners, Greg and Gloucester. Yeah, if you're if you're a Broncos fan, this is your own special kind of hell. We got a lot of Raider fans. I mean, it's worse for Raider fans. Because again, it's the 49ers and oh, yeah. the Chiefs. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know. And one of them is going to be mucking up your home team locker room. Well, yes, too. exactly. The Chiefs are going to be doing that. You're going to have to certainly <laughs> Lysol the hell out of that thing when you're done with it. I think I mean, you're going to need more than Lysol. Yeah, they're going to be leaving their jock straps all over your furniture. They're probably going to be, you know, doing all kinds of stuff to your cups. I mean, you're going to have to. Uh, you, you don't know, know what Tra- Travis Kelsey's going to be oh, throwing God, in there. Travis Kelsey. I mean, you could you imagine the kind of shenanigans he'll be up to in there? Let his brother in there. Oh, absolutely terrible. So anyway, yeah, you better disinfect that place really good after that Super Bowl. But anyway, it's kind of goofy. Um, it, it's kind of goofy that they have uh, have to do that, right? Like if you're the if it's a division rival, you shouldn't have to roll the red carpet for him. I don't know that they'd rather have the 49ers in there. Well, that's true, too. It's 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 actually it's Sophie's choice. It's a terrible decision either way. They're they're hurting either way. I mean, it's a painful gut punch if you're a Raider f- fan either way. No doubt. But you do get to host the Super Bowl, so that's pretty cool if you're there. But, I mean, I don't know how many of, like, the real Raider fans are actually there. Who You know, you can't afford to go. Unless you're like Rich Raider fan, it's it's you know in in other circumstances they'd be going there to boo the hell out of the Chiefs, but then your options the 49ers, so I don't see that happening. <laughs> Somebody showed me, sent me a great picture of Raider fans watching the 49ers and Chiefs getting the end zone <laughs> their end zones painted. That's another good yeah good job Jimmy. Yeah, the end zone painting I'd forgotten about right. That's even worse. And, and what's funny is Ugh. is the picture of the guy in the Raider hat looks slightly like John John Gruden. Yeah, he does look a little bit like John Gruden. I think he's being held by, uh, is that De Niro? Is this is like, is this from like Goodfellas or something? 
I can't tell. That might be that might be. Now I've lost it down. I've lost the picture. Is that De Niro and Pacino? It might be De Niro and Pacino. It's like like going for a hit. It looks like one of these hits in one of these mafia movies. Jimmy, give us the movie because we're not we're not. Yeah, we're not that that it. is uh, that might be uh, Joe Pesci. They're holding down there. It's like De Niro and so I don't know. It looks like that, a, I think that is Joe Pesci. Yeah, is this like from Casino? It, it might, might be, be from Casino. Look at that. Maybe. See, yeah. we're digging it up slowly. Yeah, I but think surely. it's from Casino. Anyway, I think that's what's going on there. Jimmy, confirm that. Yeah, let us know. All right, 757-687-9494. Hey, Scott, Bobby in Williamsburg via the text line says this. Um, if I were the owner, I would definitely not sign Belichick to a contract. He was director of football personnel and head coach without Brady, and there he showed he's not capable of both at the same time. I watched time brighter, uh, watched time brighten, uh, win with less skilled players, but when the time was for their contract to be renewed after performing well, he would always let it... Uh, ship off somewhere else because uh, why in the last seven years not many talented free agents went to New England because they got the reputation of being miserable with their finances. Um, I will give him props to the defensive coach, but in general he has no relatability to this new generation. And I could be hurting it. That could be hurting it too. Yeah, because you never really thought you were getting that second bigger contract in New England. Never. No. And that's like that's what motivates people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, getting paid. You know, it's kind of weird. Like and all of us would like to think that our b- bosses would think, "Hey, yeah. he's doing a great job. Let's reward him at some point." Not instead of like, let's find a way not to pay them. And that's okay, by the way, to to be motivated by that. Right. That that's that's okay. Look at that. Nothing you nailed it. it. Nothing wrong with it. No, not at all. Yeah, we were right. It is casino. You okay, nailed cool. it. Thank Good you. job. All right, thank you. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right. Uh, Wood Sealy's coming up with us on the other side. We'll get to this NIL lawsuit, what it all means for the NCAA, Virginia, and Tennessee. Uh, going to sue uh, the NIL or the NCAA for their NIL rules. What does it mean? Uh, next, we'll get to that. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. Understand for the uh, women's team today, but they were able to find a way to rally at Texas State. Yeah, as, as uh, Roland Jones, our assistant coach, said, it was a. Uh, a trap game you know you're going on the road and you're playing a team that you know was two and seven in conference play in texas state all the way out in san marcos texas and we did get down early we were had a 14 point deficit but we came back and won 66 to 58 so uh, a good way to start our two-game road swing uh, now we get to go to Arkansas State over the weekend and play our second road game of the weekend. Very unusual tip time, a Wednesday afternoon, you know, kind of mid-afternoon yeah. start. So that might also contribute to maybe not coming up, you know, out of the gates as strong as we normally do during an evening game. Well, I got the win. That's all that matter. You move on, uh, as you said, to Arkansas State next. Um it's certainly been been a rough year, you know, for the men's team off the floor and on the floor. Uh, you know, news this week, uh, removing a, another player, Vashawn Alette, who was the leading scorer. Just, just your thoughts on uh, making a decision like that, and with Coach Donahue uh, as the interim coach having to, having to do something like that, and, and kind of where you go from here with with the remainder of the season. Yeah, you know, it, it's never an easy decision to remove a student athlete from a team here at ODU. But we do have fairly high standards that are not impossible to achieve. And those standards involve, you know, a variety of aspects. You know, you got to attend class, not just attend it, but you got to participate in class. You have to treat your teammates with respect. You have to treat your coaches and others with respect. 
You have to do what's asked of you as a student athlete on and off the court, and those are non-negotiables. And when student athletes fail to live up to those standards, then you know, they really kind of force our hand to make the decision. It's not like, you know, again, we make the decision lightly. And in, in, in all cases, the student athlete basically determines whether he or she is going to be allowed to remain on any of our teams. Because as we always tell our student athletes at ODU, it is not a right to play on any of our teams. It's a privilege. And you earn that privilege each and every day based on how you perform on and off the court or on and off the field. And in Vashan's case, uh, he, he was letting his teammates, his coaches, and, and this university down uh, with, with many uh, of the ways that, that he was acting throughout the year. So uh, total, you know, as we said, conduct on becoming a monarch, uh, you know, without going into specifics, which we can't do. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, I think you can kind of uh, read into that as, as much as you want. Well, men uh, on the road at Marshall, at Madison, I mean, a real tough stretch coming up. I mean, it, it's been tough this year, clearly, uh, with obviously the personnel issues and, and with Coach Jones not being around uh, throughout most of the season as well as, as he's dealing with his health issues. Uh, just kind of, you know, I guess, what are the goals now in the short term for, for the rest of the season? Yeah, you know, it's tough. We, we, we arguably let the, the best athlete go from our team with, you know, and we're just halfway through our conference regular season competition with the tournament coming up in Pensacola. We dismissed a, another young man right before the holidays who might've been, you know, the, the second or third best stu- you know, player on our team. So we, we've lost two of our three due to dismissals, but you know, we're not going to compromise our integrity or our values uh, in an all out effort to, you know, to, to, to win. Obviously we want to win just as bad as everyone else, but we're going to do it the right way. So, uh, you know, this this is an extremely challenging time uh, for our coaches and our student athletes. Uh, they're you know they haven't given up. They're battling each and every game. Uh, we're going to be outmanned. We're we don't have the bench depth. We don't have the height uh, that a lot of other teams that that we're playing against. Uh, but we're going to go in and obviously you know do our best. I'm very proud uh, of the way our our kids are performing. And I'm, I'm you know, even happier to see the type of support that our men's basketball team continues to get from the local Norfolk and Hampton Roads community because we're still leading the Sunbelt Conference in attendance by, I think it's almost 1,000 per game or 600, 700 per game. We're still drawing over 5,000 a contest in Chartway Arena. Uh, someone asked me, why do I think that's the case? I think our fans are resilient. I think our fans are responsive. I think our fans understand that when you lose your head coach uh, to a a heart attack uh, in Hawaii and then follow it up with being diagnosed with, uh, you know, cancer reoccurring and everything that that Jeff Jones is going through and the staff and the the kids, uh, they want to show that they're supportive, supportive of of the plight that we're in and want to do everything they can to try and, and help our team with their on-the-court success. So I really am grateful for all of the ODU basketball fans who continue to support this group because it really is a terrific group of young men who represent ODU so well. So hopefully we'll, we'll find a way to win some games. Tough with this road swing going to Marshall and then going to James Madison, arguably two of the top teams in the Sunbelt Conference. So a very challenging road trip ahead for our men's basketball team. 
All right, I need to get a big picture question from you. But Wood Sealy's with us, uh, Dr. Wood Sealy, uh, Old Dominion Athletic Director here for the Valley, who joins us via the Valley Who's guest line. Uh, I don't know if you can help me understand this more. Uh, so the NCAA is now being sued over NIL rules uh, by this state and the state of Tennessee. The attorney generals, uh, attorney general in each state, uh, filed an antitrust lawsuit on on Wednesday that challenges the ban of the name, image, likeness compensation in the recruitment of, of athletes in response to the uh, NCAA investigation at Tennessee right now. So what exactly are, are, are they trying to stop here? And, and, and what does this mean for, you know, obviously there's a collective at Old Dominion, there's a collective in a lot of places, or does it really mean anything for, for those uh, kind of entities right now? Yeah, I haven't spoken with anyone about those two lawsuits from Virginia or Tennessee uh, so I'm, and I haven't read any of you know any of the uh, articles or the the claims that that they're uh, Virginia and Tennessee are claiming the NCAA is in violation with their NIL. So I, I'm I'm really not in a good spot to to comment on that. The only thing, you know, I am I'm very much aware that uh, the NCAA has alerted the University of Tennessee that they are going to investigate them as an athletic department because their quarterback was reportedly receiving NIL money compensation opportunities before he committed to the university of Tennessee. And that is a clear violation of NCAA NIL guidelines, name, image, and likeness compensation cannot be committed to student athletes as an effort to get that student athlete to commit to that institution. So in other words, no student athlete can sign an NIL deal prior to their enrolling at a particular NCAA member institution. It's otherwise it is, you know, known as an incentive, an inducement for their commitment to that school. You can only start an NIL after they have enrolled. So the NCAA has said, hey, your quarterback, we know, we, we are aware that he signed lucrative NIL deals before he enrolled in Tennessee. Therefore, we assume that the reason he did that, you guys were paying him in advance to come to the University of Tennessee. You are in violation of our NCAA NIL standards. So that I don't know why Virginia is in this. I, I haven't heard of any Virginia schools running afoul uh, with NIL uh, at this point. So I'm I'm curious why the Commonwealth jumped in behind Tennessee, uh, unless you know people are trying to make a name for themselves or position themselves politically down the road. I, I don't know. So. Uh, that one was a head scratcher for me, but I, I know where Tennessee is coming from. The president and the athletic director are trying to you know, drum up support and, and opposition of the NCAA coming after Tennessee. They're saying that this young man was being uh, compensated by folks regardless of where he was going to go. Uh, he just happened to pick Tennessee. Again, you have to get into the details of what his NIL deals were, who they were involving, and what the compensation was. So that's just what I've picked up from the periphery. I haven't really talked to anyone or read a whole lot about that particular scenario at Tennessee. 
That's interesting. Um, you know, because again, this is isn't this kind of the tough thing for athletic departments now, right? We're saying, okay, we're gonna have these collectives that are out there legal, but they're separate from schools. So, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, how do you how do you kind of keep that interference from happening, right? Like, is that the is that the fear and why we might need guidelines at some point? Is that what the concern is here? Oh, completely. Yep. We we want transparency. We want to know what the deals are. We want to know how much the athlete is getting. We want to know are their agents, how much are they being compensated. So we, we want transparency in all this. And the two two areas that NIL collective opportunities are completely not allowed, that is to recruit an athlete to your institution or to retain an athlete to your school so you can you know that and but yet that's probably what where 80 percent of the collective and nil activity is is ongoing is to recruit kids and to retain them from moving to other schools it's almost like a bidding war sometimes it's like yep. well how much are they offering you okay well, we're paying you x well how about if we go to y then you know maybe you'll stay here that's not allowed but that's going on so there, there needs to be a better structure and a better format because right now it's hard not to violate NCAA NIL rules. Fascinating. Well, I appreciate your insights on that one because that's something I've always been curious about ever since we got in this space. And obviously we're all learning as we go along, it feels like. But uh, anyway, I appreciate your time. As always, we will do it again next week. Thanks so much. You bet, Scott. Have a good week. All right, you, you too. Soon. Wood Sealy with us here. Wednesday's Wood uh, checking in with us here on the program. All right, coming up, it is a What's Your Rank Wednesday. Uh, it is overdue. We've talked about it for weeks. I mean, gosh, we've been talking about this topic for like a month, right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, getting into the world of Super Bowl quarterbacks that won Super Bowls, but just weren't really the best quarterbacks. Who are the five worst winning Super Bowl quarterbacks of the 57 prior Super Bowls? We'll give you our list next. What's your rank Wednesday here? Scott Jackson, show Priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law.